Hey there, thanks for checking out the Ike Wingate Morning Show podcast. Well, you've thought about doing your own podcast, let me tell you, it's not near as hard as it used to be. I launched a podcast back in 2008, and it was crazy difficult to get it listed everywhere where listeners were, which back then wasn't really that many places. But now, podcasts are everywhere, and with a platform like Buzzsprout, you can be all over the place with one click, plus a great-looking website, analytics, and more. That's why... We use Buzzsprout. So follow the link in the show notes, and that'll let Buzzsprout know that we sent you, and you'll get a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. Plus, it helps support our show as well. Again, down in the show notes with Buzzsprout. Let's go! All right, let's get this show on the road! Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go, woo! This is the Ike Wingate Show. Top of the morning, everyone. Join the show now. Text 870-505-1518. Here's your host, Ike Wingate. Ike Wingate. Ike Wingate. Good morning. Welcome to Wednesday here, Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2024. Celebrity birthdays coming up this day in history, random facts, and high prices hitting Canada. We'll tell you what we mean by that. And today's the day that a lot of people will buy themselves some chocolates and a deer breaks into a home and trashes it. We'll also be talking law in studio with Greg Thurman of Thurman and Flanagan. It's all on the way today on the show. Brought to you by Thurman and Flanagan Attorneys at Law online at OzarkJustice.com. Good morning. Well, happy Valentine's Day and happy birthday out there to these celebrities here on February 14th, 2024. Freddie Highmore, who plays Dr. Sean Murphy on The Good Doctors, 32. Denia Guerrera. She is in the Black Panther movies. Akoya, she is 46 today. Drew Bledsoe, former New England Patriots quarterback, 52 today. Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20, also 52. Scotty in the new Star Trek movies, played by Simon Pegg, is 54 today. Zach Galligan, the Gremlin star, 60 today. Enrico Colantoni. The criminal mastermind Elias on Person of Interest, he's 61 today. Jim Kelly, former quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, 64 today. Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Okay. It's Pat O'Brien's birthday today. The former Access Hollywood host, 76 today. Carl Bernstein, the... Legendary journalist from the Washington Post, 80 today. He exposed the Watergate scandal. Carl Bernstein, Bernstein. Anyway, he's 80. Michael Bloomberg, billionaire, former mayor of New York City, is 82. And on this day in history, the Computing Tabulating Recording Company was renamed the International Business Machines Corporation, or IBM. That happened on this date in 1924. In 1929, St. Valentine's Day massacre happened. Al Capone's hitmen, two of them dressed in police uniforms, walked into a Chicago garage owned by a rival gang leader, Bugs Moran, and shot a bunch of them. The 1931 horror classic Dracula was released on Valentine's Day, starring Bella Lugosi. Aretha Franklin recorded her signature song, Respect, on this date 
1967. Bon Jovi hit number one with Living on a Prayer on this date in 1987. Iran's Ayatollah Khamenei issued a fatwa calling on Muslims to kill Salman Rushdie because of his blasphemous novel, The Satanic Verses, on this date in 1989. Wayne's World opened in theaters in 1992. And let's see. And Kanye West hired Kenny G to serenade Kim Kardashian on this date in 2019. Those are your celebrity birthdays and this day in history. Good morning. It is that time of morning. Your random facts now. Only 8.4% of Americans don't wear seatbelts. Roughly 50% of those killed in car crashes were not buckled in. Okay, so 8.4% of Americans don't wear seatbelts. But roughly 50% of those killed in car crashes were not buckled in. Hmm. What does that mean? 50% of those killed in car crashes were not buckled in. Hmm. Okay. Let's go. Less than 1% of people in China are left-handed. At least that's how many people there admit it. It's considered a biological flaw in China if you're left-handed. So people, you know, they won't admit it. They want to hide it. They train themselves to do things with their right hand instead. There's a secret room hidden behind Lincoln's head on Mount Rushmore to store important documents. Really? A secret room behind Lincoln's head on Mount Rushmore to store important documents. Wonder what's in there. Houston, we have a problem. Isn't the exact quote when Jack Swigert was communicating with Apollo 13, he actually said, okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. So, you know, sounds a little better. Houston, we have a problem. Instead of, okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. You, You hear the difference, right? Schindler's List and the Vanilla Ice movie Cool as Ice had the same cinematographer, a guy named Janusz Kaminski. He won the Oscar for Best Cinematography twice for Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. Huh. He was also the cinematographer for the Vanilla Ice movie Cool as Ice. I've never even seen that. Have you? Anyway, those are your random facts. Good morning. Oh, Canada. Yes, Canada is a nice place, and a lot of times when people are complaining about the United States, they say things like, I'm moving to Canada. You know, they basically threaten to move to Canada by, you know, the circumstance of whatever's going on, whoever's, you know, in the White House or whatever. Apparently, uh, Canada isn't so great. This woman posted a video on why moving to Canada is not a great idea. She's at a Costco, you know, big, you know, bulk store like Sam's, And uh, she shows a couple packages of chicken drumsticks. How much do you think these chicken drumsticks will cost in Canada at Costco? You got any guesses? All right, well, let's take a listen and see if you're right. This is for anyone thinking of moving to Canada. Our food prices are outrageous. Here we have a pack of drumsticks from Costco. $202 for this pack. Wow. Or $224 for this one. Moral of the story, don't move here. Wow, it's uh, anti-Canada Social media post, basically. 200 plus bucks for chicken drumsticks in Canada. No thank you, eh? And a very pleasant 
Tuesday morning to you. Well, today is Valentine's Day, and it looks like a lot of us will be buying ourselves chocolates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't know what you're buying your sweetheart, you, uh, well, you, you don't have much time to figure it out here. Uh, apparently, though, we already know what we're buying ourselves. We may have already bought it. According to a poll by CandyStore.com, 47% of Americans are buying themselves chocolates for Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. Half of us just treating ourselves, I guess. Well, there is a list of the most popular Valentine's Day candy in all 50 states. Heart-shaped boxes of chocolates are number one in 14 states. Conversation hearts, those aren't chocolates. I guess we're just talking candy. 13 states love those conversation hearts. Hershey Kisses in eight states. M&M's in six states. The favorite coffee, I'm sorry, coffee. The favorite chocolate or candy in four states is chocolate hearts at number five. Chocolate roses at number six with three states. And two states prefer a candy that didn't rank first anywhere else. Candy necklaces in Alabama. That's the favorite candy for Valentine's Day. And Cupid corn is number one in Michigan. So it's like a uh, candy corn, but it's red, white, and pink. Cupid corn. Interesting. All right. In the state of Arkansas, Hershey Kisses are number one, followed by Conversation Hearts and Ghirardelli gift boxes. In Missouri, it is heart-shaped boxes of chocolates. And the same for Oklahoma. But number two in those states as well, Conversation Hearts. So, Kisses in Arkansas, heart-shaped chocolates in Oklahoma and Missouri. Interesting. Those Conversation Hearts are, you know, they're not very good. Maybe they're more entertaining than anything. I don't like them, though. But a lot of people do. I guess I'm in the minority. Nonetheless, half of us are buying ourselves candy today. Happy Valentine's Day. Good morning. It's time for Stranger Than Fiction. Well, this next story might have you saying, oh, dear. A deer crashed through the window of a Texas woman's home and spent 24 hours inside destroying the place. This is the homeowner, Courtney Hawk, talking about finding her home trashed by a deer. I opened the door and just about 15 feet in front of me was a deer just staring at me. And we just stared at each other for probably 15, 30 seconds because I had no idea how to even process the fact that there was a deer standing in my kitchen. All my belongings were spread out everywhere. He managed to turn on the sink and don't, so all of my belongings got wiped off the counter into the sink and the water was running over them. Um, he managed to also turn on my hair dryer. Almost felt like maybe I need to go play the lottery because what are the, the odds that, you know, that would even happen? A deer that turns on a hair dryer. What in the world? She also noticed that uh, the deer binged a lot of Netflix as well on her account. That last part is not true. That is stranger than fiction. Good morning. And we're back in studio, Greg Thurman of Thurman and Flanagan. We are talking law. Greg, you have private attorneys in your firm, and obviously you are a business that has to be paid. And of course, some of the payment structure type stuff in the legal field can be confusing. You hear retainer, you hear settlement or whatever, hourly. Can you help walk us through how to understand that better? Yes, I can. Thank you for having me back. And like I was saying in previous segments, you know, there's different roles different attorneys have. You've got public defenders, you've got prosecuting attorneys, and they work for the state. Okay, they are on the state payroll. We are a firm of five attorneys, and we are private attorneys. And so if you're going to need our services and hire us for something, we are going to charge you for those services. 
it really depends on the type of case. I spoke earlier to our listeners about bodily injury cases, personal injury cases. Those cases are typically done on a contingency fee. Basically, if I believe or our firm believes that somebody has been negligent and has injured this potential client, I am not going to add insult to injury by making that injured party, that victim, so to speak, through no fault of their own, who has gone through all the things they've gone through to have to then turn around and pony up money out of their pocket to pursue the the wrongdoer. Our system allows those cases to be taken on contingency, meaning that if we win the case, our firm recovers money either through settlement or through a verdict at trial, then we will get a percentage of the recovery. And so that's what's considered a contingency fee. If we don't win, if we pursue the case and spend the money on all the expenses and get our experts lined up and, you know, either through our own process, sometimes you get involved in the case and you realize you can't make the case, but uh, normally it's through a jury saying, well, we, we disagree with your theory and so we're not going to fine for your client. Then there is no fee and you can work for, you know, two years and spend thousands of dollars pursuing a case on behalf of somebody and and get a big fat zero and that's kind of the no win no fee contingency cases the other area in in our firm social security disability which i'm going to talk more about later that is a contingency fee that is set by the social security commissioner in which a person alleges they became disabled on this date unfortunately i can take 20 to 24 months for a person to actually win their disability case and they are entitled to back pay and they can get paid up to 12 months prior to their date of application so depending on their onset date they're can be 24, 36 months of back pay. The Social Security Commissioner has said that the attorney that represents that person is entitled to 25% of the back pay, but they are capped. And so currently it's 25% of the back pay capped at $7,200, or there is an escalator clause in, in the contract that says if the commissioner raises that cap from 7,200 to you know 8,000, then you, you get that. So basically if somebody is disabled and their back pay was 10,000, you're capped at 2,500. If their back pay was 100,000, you're not gonna get 25,000, you're gonna be capped currently at 7,200, what the commissioner decides it should be at the time you win the case. That's also a contingency case a contingency fee that our firm does in representing social security disability clients. Obviously, we have a variety of different fee structures depending on the case. If somebody comes in and they want to have an estate consult with Wade or Steven or Megan, we do most of our estate planning on what we call a fixed fee structure in which we say, you know, these are the products that we believe you need, whether it be a trust, power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney, medical directive, and we have a fixed fee that we charge to put that estate plan together. Then, of course, there are some expenses, filing fees and stuff like that that can be on top of that. Same thing with corporations. I know Wade and Steven, they set up a lot of business structures and they do those on fixed fees uh, where they will say, you know, I charge this amount to set up a limited liability company and put the operating agreement together, make sure that you know, the name is registered with the state of Arkansas, get everything done correctly, explain to you how you need to operate this business to maintain the protections that we're getting through setting this up and that's called a fixed fee arrangement now other cases are done by the hour you might have somebody call and they have a dispute with their neighbor over a boundary line they may have a dispute over a contract they have with somebody and you don't know how many hours that case is going to take for you to to prevail so a lot of times you'll sit down with the client go over the facts and say you know here's what we do we're going to charge by the hour and Typically, we'll ask for 
a retainer to be put into our firm's trust account. It's a down payment towards future fees to be put into our trust account, and we'll keep our time and bill against that retainer and then let the client know, you know, on a regular basis. I try to do it on a monthly basis, the status of their retainer, so they know, hey, maybe time to bring some more money. And they also can see, you know, what this case is costing me. And it's the old saying, you know, is the price of eggs worth the wear and tear on the hen? And I always want my clients to be fully aware of, yes, if we win the case, there's a possibility depending on the type of case that attorney's fees can be awarded but at the end of the day you are spending this money spending good money in pursuit of a recovery that may or may not happen and i'm i don't have any problem explaining the risks to my clients because i want them at the end of the day to understand what they're getting into and then of course you have what you hear of as retainer like we have a couple different clients that have our firm on retainer meaning they pay a monthly set fee to have a certain amount of hours of our attorneys to do their work. The thing about our firm is the initial consultation is always free. It's not going to cost you anything to come see us. We'll figure out what you may need, and then from there, talk about options of payment. Absolutely. Thank you for being here, Greg. In studio, talking law with Thurman and Flanagan. Well, who do you think should be on the list of most inspirational women? According to the website One Poll, they've just put out a list of the most inspirational women. They asked 2,000 women to tell them the most inspirational, famous women in their lives. Interestingly enough, at number 10 is Taylor Swift. Interesting, the people who beat Taylor Swift, like Selena Gomez at number nine, Serena Williams at number eight, Queen Elizabeth II at number seven, Beyonce at six, Maya Angelou at five, Oprah Winfrey at number four, Michelle Obama at number three, Princess Diana at number two, the most inspirational women. And number one on the list, according to 2000 Women Polled, Rosa Parks is the most inspirational woman woman so every one of those names beat out taylor swift even selena gomez kind of surprised about that but nonetheless what do you think do you agree with this list who did they leave off ladies who are you most inspired by as far as famous women go send me a text 870-505-1518 rosa parks okay princess diana eh Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Maya Angelou, eh, Beyonce, huh, Queen Elizabeth, eh, okay, Serena Williams, eh, Selena Gomez, uh, Taylor Swift, uh, those are my reactions. What are yours? 870-505-1518. Good morning. Uh. Well, here on Valentine's Day, maybe you need a little extra relationship advice, huh? I'm not saying I'm the one to give it to you, but CNBC says they are, according to A recent article with psychologists, uh, they say people in healthy relationships fight sometimes, but it's how you fight that makes the difference. These psychologists who've been married 35 years came up with a list of phrases that people in good relationships tend to use a lot. Yeah, they grouped them into six different categories. Okay, so here are the six types of phrases that people use in good relationships. I feel, I feel, I feel statements, 
are what they're calling them. They say you don't have to start with those exact words. It's just about expressing emotions. Things like, I'm getting scared, or that hurt my feelings, or I feel like you don't understand me right now. Hmm. It's funny, I teach my kids, speak in facts, not generalities. You know, like, I think this, instead of I feel this. Maybe I'm going at it all wrong. Uh, Another phrase, I need to calm down. That's another phrase in a successful relationship. It's about taking a breath. Other examples include, this is important to me, please listen, or can I have a hug? That's that's crafty. You get into a heated conversation, can I have a hug? Uh, Stop actions are another thing they say successful relationships use. Similar to the last one, phrases like, let's start again. Can we take a break and talk about something else? Or I might be wrong. Hmm. Getting to yes. Phrases that validate is another one. Phrases that validate the other person and help you meet halfway. Things like, I agree with part of what you're saying. Or I see where you're coming from. Or I think your point of view makes sense. However. Just kidding. I added the however part. Expressing your appreciation is another phrase that successful relationships use. Lines like, I understand, or thank you for saying that, and I love you. And then here's a big one. This is a good one. I'm sorry. Or just admitting that you're not perfect. Phrases like, I was being extreme, or I can see my part in all of this, and sorry, let me try again. So, yeah, some phrases to kind of de-escalate, but also admit your own part in things. I mean, those are all good, positive qualities for any relationship. And, you know, going to make you more pleasant to be around. So I think those are good tips for the most part. I feel like they're good tips. (laughs) Uh, Good morning and good luck and happy Valentine's Day. Are you feeling a little chicken? Well, this guy is. If you want to get instantly grossed out, listen to this. Some wacko on social media is driving clicks by doing what he has dubbed his raw chicken experiment. He's eating raw chicken, which... Is harmful, could be harmful. Uh, He's eating raw chicken every day until it makes him sick. So that's going to stop it all once he finally gets sick. But uh, it'll, uh, which it will make him sick once he runs into enough salmonella. It's it's going to happen one way or the other. Anyway, he's almost three weeks into this challenge, almost four now, and he hasn't died yet. Uh, There are a couple days of his raw chicken eating, first with a raw breast and then a raw wing. Take a listen to what it sounds day like. 18, eating raw chicken every day till I get a tummy ache. I got to get on a flight in about one hour, so I'm just having a quick breakfast. Don't try this at home. When you get chicken stuck in your teeth, you can use one of nature's toothpicks. Today we're going to try some chicken wings, and I got this hot sauce. It's from Hot Ones, and it's usually the last one that they use. I might have made a mistake. Wow, I think you did make a mistake. He washes down the chicken with, <laughs> with three raw eggs. Can you believe that? And the toothpick he's talking about using is the nail of a chicken foot. This guy's disgusting and somehow kind of brave. Anyway, he's about to get on a flight and he eats all this. My goodness, this guy is totally crazy. Good morning. Hey, I want to tell you about another podcast I'm doing, one that is shining a light in the dark corners of our media, our government, and our culture. It's the Ike Wingate Show. You can find it at IkeWingate.com. Please subscribe to it, listen to it. It's a longer-form, unfiltered podcast that delves deep into the issues that are happening in our culture. So check it out. 
please. Hey, thanks for checking out the Ike Wingate Morning Show podcast. It's an honor to know you've been listening and hanging out with us. We know you got choices, and believe me, we appreciate that you made this choice. We'd love to spread the word. We need your help with that. Leave us a review, rate us, whatever you can, because that'll help spread the word on the show. You want to contact us, hit us up, show at IkeWingate.com. We're on Insta. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're everywhere. Just type in the Ike Wingate Show. Have a great day.